TotallyTickets.com presents the franchise Oklahoma City Thunder first take postgame show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. There's a butt kicking, and then there's butt kicking. Woo! Kiss Rockets take out the Oklahoma City Thunder 114 to 80. Started early. Thunder and Dennis Schroeder make a uh, charge back, make it a game, and then uh, just like we've seen in the series before, the third quarter starts, and the next thing you know, you blink your eye, and the Houston Rockets are up at 25, and that's all she wrote. Somewhere in there, there was a P.J. Tucker headbutt and a Dennis Schroeder, um, what, shot to the corners, I think is how I will put that. Quite the uppercut. So uh, both of them were ejected. Uh, it was an 18-point game at that point. Uh, Thunder fans, you've seen the Thunder uh, come back from uh, you know before, but it did not look good. Um, Ryan, I want to start with uh, Ryan Chapman, by the way, joining us on the other side of the glass. We'll talk to John Hamm in the next segment, Brady Trantham. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, talk to him also uh, before we get out of here tonight. But, Ryan, I want to kind of start off with what we all, you know, the experience that was Russell Westbrook. I saw the trailer this afternoon. It was right up there, I, I want to say, with Ga- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and, uh, you know, just stuff like that. It was so exciting. Really a non-factor. I think that uh, the first thing you can say about this game is that Russell Westbrook really was a non-factor. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at it, look into the box score saying 3 for 13. Oh, my gosh. He only shot like 23% from the field. He went out there really only seven points. Didn't do much. If, you're, if you tell me that Russell Westbrook did all of that and told me nothing else, I'd say, oh, my gosh. This is the best thing that happened to him. Exactly what we talked about where Russell Westbrook comes in. You said this. Todd said this. He comes in and he messes with the flow of everything. The Rockets were playing such free flow in basketball, all that stuff. And the problem is that you look up and the Thunder lost by like 20, Jerry. I come on. It's just how, how many times are Houston going to get away with that in this series? It feels like we, we talked about this after game two, not so much game one, that you're like, well, the Rockets didn't really play all that well. And you look up and Oklahoma City's not close. Game three, the Rockets didn't really play that well. And Oklahoma City was lucky to come away with the win. And, and that's just kind of what gives you some pause going into game six. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> Before you say positive going into game six. The entire series has been controlled by Houston. Don't make a mistake. Go back and look at your little chart flow. And I, Today's chart flow was pretty fantastic, too. It's just like a bunch of red lava where Houston led, led, and then you see a little sliver of uh, thunder lead, and then lava again. And the floor is lava on this thing. And the Houston Rockets just dominate it, dominate it uh, on, in both halves. And you had a little run by the, uh, the thunder. Here's the thing, Ryan, this game can be summed up in two words. Ready? Lou and Dort, okay? Sometimes, and I don't know if you ever heard your football coach say this or somebody told you this, the best offense is a bad offense. (laughs) The Houston Rockets basically, they played a shift, if you want to use a baseball term. They gave Lou Dort... The green light, just as green verde, if you will. They gave him a green light to shoot, and Lou Dort absolutely accommodated the Houston Rockets. 
I just these numbers are absolutely phenomenal to me. Lou Dort had six points, one assist on three of sixteen shooting. Ryan, three of sixteen shooting that included O of nine from three point range. Do you know who used to shoot O of nine and three of sixteen? Russell Westbrook. Okay, so he's found the answer. Oh, my goodness. I said this on Twitter, and I mean this. Lou Dort's, Lou Dort's big, biggest strength his, is the thing that makes him Lou Dort and why Oklahoma City fans love him and why the Thunder loved him and all that is his courage and his short-term memory. That's what gives him the ability to defend the way he does. He has courage. He doesn't care who he's defending, James Harden. It doesn't matter who he's defending. And a short-term memory. If he makes a bad play, cool, I got it. I'll make it up on the next one. I'll make it up on the next one. Unfortunately, he kept trying to make it up. And is it Billy Donovan's job at that point? Is it Chris Paul's job at that point? Uh, The ball just seemed to keep finding him. And Lou Dort, to his credit, unlike any of us other cowards, Ryan, he kept shooting. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's the problem is it's not like the ball's getting stuck in Lou Dort's hands. This is a very un-Westbrookian terrible shooting performance because the ball's not getting stuck in his hands. He's not pulling up stupid transition threes, any of that stuff. In the flow of the offense, Lou Dort was wide open. You have to take that shot in the playoffs, in the NBA. You can't cower away from wide open looks. I paid attention to the first part of the game, uh, and everybody got a shot off like in the first five minutes of the game. Everybody right. got a sh- The ball was moving, and I, was, I thought that was really important. Uh, the Thunder couldn't get wrapped up in a one-on-one game, and uh, I wanted to see who they were going to get into the flow first. Not in 100 years, I think, that they were going to try to get Lou Dort into the flow. Well, and, and you have to credit Houston, because I know this sounds like the obvious easy fix of, well, oh my gosh, this guy is cooler than cool he's ice cold right now let's just sag all the way off of him but at some point it it is the playoffs you still have to have the mental fortitude to completely break the trend of playing that good defense that houston's played for most of the series and james harden at one point just never left the lane he's like i'm gonna stand on this low block and i'm just gonna i'm gonna fold my arms just sit back lean back and, and just look at you and say shoot it come on kid by the way james harden ends with 31 points 11 of 15 he didn't have, I mean, how much work did he really have to do? But 11 to 15, he wasn't working as hard. Right. And, well, I thought the Rockets did a really good job tonight of getting James Harden paired up with Shea Gildas-Alexander off the switch. And, Jerry, for as bad as we're going to talk about Lou Dort's offensive performance, and to an extent I'm sure we'll get to Danilo Gallinari, SGA was awful defensively. It was apparent that the Rockets really only tweak this game was, hey, get get the ball into whoever is being guarded by SGA and tell that person to just drive to the rack because SGA is not putting up any resistance whatsoever. He's just letting guys blow by him. He's not even get he's not even getting the effort foul of trying to stay in front of him and just having his footwork all jumbled up and you know putting a body into somebody. None of that was happening. It was just a matter of too many times tonight. We saw Chris Paul come back down the floor, Stephen Adams come back down the floor, looking at SGA just like, hey, bro, can we play some defense? Can we do anything? 
and it was just easy as you like, and and that just nullifies Lou Dort because we talk about the problem with what Terrence Ferguson, Andre Robertson, all that stuff is the Thunder are playing four on five on offense. When you have a performance like this out of Lou Dort, you're going to have those memories. But the problem is when SGA is that soft against drives on the defensive end of the floor, it almost nullifies any good that Dort can try to make up on the back end because it's like, hey, that's fine. We don't have to worry about James Harden. If he doesn't get the switch, he can just give it to P.J. Tucker before he decides to go Zinedine Zidane and headbutt, headbutt City. But I am so glad I'm doing the show with you because, yes, yes you have, the, you have the, the reference. Yes, but before all that happens, P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon both. You know why they were shooting well tonight? Because they got into rhythm early. The Thunder did not make it hard on them, and this was the problem in Game 1 and the problem in Game 2. Role players are role players for a reason. But in this bubble playoffs, in an empty gym, if you do nothing to make role players uncomfortable, they're going to shoot the lights out. Houston role players, now, now listen, on any other team, I kind of buy that. The Houston role players, they're a different, they're a different breed of role players. Right. Like they, it's not just a role they need to fit in. It's a role they were cho- they had chosen. I mean, they were chosen to surround uh, James Harden, this group of Jeff Green, Daniel House, uh, you know, all these Gordon, guys. Tucker. You know, Tucker, all these guys. They were cho- – I mean, Gordon, obviously, can be a st- – he could be a star in his own. I think if he stays healthy, uh, he's right on the verge of being uh, considered an all-star. How about that? Yeah. Sort of like a Steven Adams, right? Uh, not necessarily a role player, but not an all-star either. And Gordon's shown his worth in this series, Absolutely. Not a guy that's just shooting it. You know, he hasn't had very good shooting nights, but he can get to the uh, the rack, and especially against SGA. And I like the fact that you bring up SGA because in his third year that he starts to develop and, and whatever for Oklahoma City, yeah, that body's going to get a little have to be a little tougher and giving up these straight line drives because it is. I think that if you look synonymously with guys that are getting to the bucket, you can look. SGA is in that vicinity. He just is, right? And there's a couple of times that SGA had some beautiful-looking shots, and, you know, obviously, offensively, he's kind of a, ahead of his, his time. Not tonight, though. And I, I want to get into this really quick. Who led the Thunder in scoring? Do you know this off the top of your head? I mean, I've, I, I've got everything in front of me. It's pretty easy. It's, it's, it's the guy that didn't finish the game. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder was on fire. Just absolutely on fire fire in that second quarter and um no one else seemed to to show up and, and, and get the message steven adams has 12 but that, a lot of that is cleaning up messes that chris paul left at the rim lou dort left at the rim a lot of people what are you doing i want to see what you're doing in brand geraten Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't know what the German equivalent of Enfuego was, so I thought I'd bring that to the show tonight. What is it? Is it okay, here we go again. This is brilliant radio. In Brandgeraden. <laughs> we have to get that on a card somewhere. In Wackenharden? In Brandgeraden. Okay. Uh, but, okay, let's go over the starting five, though, right? Chris Paul, 16 points. That's fine. You need a Chris. And Chris Paul took his time to start figuring out that he needed to be a main cog in this offense, right? Okay. SGA, four points. Lou Dort, six points. Danilo Gallinari, one blanking point. It's not good, Jerry. I feel like Harry Doyle. One <laughs> blank point. 
And I want you to scream, Jerry, you can't say that on the radio. Don't worry, no one's listening. <laughs> Just- as, as we've already had our first casualty of the evening... T-Light on Twitter, when I said, hey, we're doing post-game, he just said, nope. <laughs> I, hey, trust me, I get paid for this. So, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's go ahead and, I mean, play some bumper music. Let's do our uh, player of the game. Brought to you by Alan Samuels Volkswagen. Sorry, Alan Samuels. Like, Shout out, Alan Samuels Volkswagen. They were the players of the game because <laughs> they allow us to do this post-game show. Of course. Dennis, I mean, you got to go, Dennis. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, I know, <laughs> I understand that we have a rule on this show that you have to have, you know, everyone has to do a different player of the game. Hamdu Diallo, he came in, was two of four, <laughs> really confident, gave the gave the Thunder seven great minutes to close the game. I mean, what do you want from us? Dennis Schroeder was the bright spot. I thought Steven Adams played well. Okay. okay we're going to be serious. 14 not, rebounds. Not player of the game, but he played well. He came in. Six of eight, Thunder 12 points, and like you said, 14 rebounds. He, he he was the one guy that was making life hard on the Rockets inside. Unfortunately, I I mean, this is the Rockets team that, this, this is why they're constructed this way. They're hoping to nullify one of your best players, whether just whoever it is, just because of how they play, and Steven Adams has been that casualty this series. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Rockets win, wasn't even close, 114 to 80. Uh, they dominated most of the game. A nice second quarter for the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they outscored the Houston Rockets 31 to 24. But quarters of 14, 18, and 17 ain't going to get it done. Rockets led as much as 34. To put time. that in perspective, worst Rockets quarters, 24 points. 1077 The Franchise. That is Ryan. I am Jerry. I am doing my best to get out of here so I can go order pho. When we get into the next segment, we'll call John Ham. Talk to him a little bit. And is there anything that we can carry over from this game into game six? Maybe John Ham will know the answer. Probably not. You're listening to First Take Post First Take Post Game Show on 1077 The Franchise. It's the first take. Thunder. It's hard for me to say Thunder post game show because it's just a post game show at this point. The uh, Oklahoma City Thunder get run out of the gym, but then there's nowhere to run to because they're kind of stuck in this bubble. They all they all have to get on the same Uber and go to the same hotel anyway. They can go on the whatever the parade route was for the uh, referees. <laughs> Where did the referees go, by the way? Have we figured that out yet? I mean, did they really go anywhere? If you start and end in the same spot. On the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline, Ryan, go ahead and tell the people what you told John whenever you called him. Yeah, so uh, John Hamm, who's joining us here, picked up the phone, and I just I just apologized. I'm like, John, I'm, I'm sorry I made this call, but welcome! You get to uh, join us and have all the fun from an exhilarate. Um, guys, I watched Game 4 uh, instead of Game 5, so I'm fired up to talk <laughs> about uh, this particular game. So, uh, Gosh, John, okay, so... My favorite, my new favorite thing is to watch the game flow on the uh, Thunder app. And mm-hmm. I mean, you have kids, and it basically looks like there's a tiny shark in a bunch of lava. I mean, there is red <laughs> on one side, there's deep red on the other, and just little tiny point there for the Thunder where they had the, the lead. I think they led it by as much as five as compared to the Rockets leading by 34. Uh, we've seen. Big blowouts like this in the playoffs before. Uh, you and I were, were incredibly old, and we've seen teams yeah. bounce back from this. Uh, 
And I remember it was 82 because I thought to myself, that's whenever uh, uh, Eye of the Tiger, my survivor, was uh, pretty big. Anyway, 82% uh, of teams that win Game 5 go on to win the series. Is there anything, anything you want to add to the Rockets just absolutely dominating the Oklahoma City Thunder today? Well, that means there's an 18% chance the Thunder can win the series. I mean, come on. That's that's a percentage. Um, no, look, here's the... Here's the thing, uh, you know, you go down the list, uh, Jerry. I just I don't know that this team could have played any worse, especially after halftime. I mean, there were some problems in the first half, absolutely. Um, and despite all that, OKC was only down three. Uh, but still, for to have a night like this, where I mean, yes, Dennis Schroeder got ejected, and that's a talking point. But you know, this Thunder team is not built to win when you get next to nothing from Danilo Gallinari, you get precious little from Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the same game. And, you know, it's uh, credit to the Rockets. You know, we talked about how the Thunder had kind of figured out some things with the Rockets defensively. Well, the Rockets figured out that we let Lou Dort shoot the ball. Even if he would have gone nine for nine tonight, the Rockets would have won. Yeah, that's... I, that is exactly <laughs> that's how I think we're all feeling. But John, I mean, Russell Westbrook comes back and it was just a huge non-factor. Three of thirteen, only seven points. Like, is is this the silver lining to take away from this? That if the Thunder can go back in, and you have to imagine that Gallinari's not going to play that poorly, SGA, Lou Dor, all that stuff. If everyone can get it back on the right track. Is that the silver line to take, that Russell Westbrook was more disruptive in that first half for the Rockets than anything? It could be. Maybe so. And, look, I mean, obviously, you know, of course, there was the reports from uh, from you know, Houston. They, they went and grabbed a reporter, I think Tim McMahon, and made sure to point out, like, oh, this it, Russ is looking fabulous in practice. Of course they're going to say that, right? Uh, but clearly, I mean, Russ was limited out there. And, you know, sort of the thought going into this game was, uh, you have Russ on the floor. We don't know what kind of shape he's in that takes another shooter off the floor that puts in a very questionable defender. Well, maybe that's going to even out for OKC. Maybe that's going to come out in the wash. Um, and so if that continues and OKC can make some adjustments, you know, um, may, maybe they, they can certainly bounce back. I mean, this team has shown all season, uh, you know, they have bounced back from, uh, from low points before. John, okay, listen, the, the storyline to this entire thing, though, is Lou Dort. Lou Dort played one of the worst yeah. games I've ever seen uh, in the playoffs. Like, I'm not even kidding. I mean, just, what, 3-16, 0-9? I mean, we're talking about superstars that had nights like this that would just absolutely be roasted uh, in said town. Uh-huh. That they, I mean, we're talking, what, Reggie Miller, uh, you know, even back at Chauncey Billups back in his days. Well, though he never played that bad. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Your New York Knicks, yeah. John Starks. John, right? John Starks had a horrible right. game. Uh, and I remember just getting roasted, and it was very similar to Dort's. A couple of things that I want you to sort of speak on. One, it was a horrible game by Lou Dort. Two, how the hell did the Thunder let Lou Dort have such a bad game? Yeah, you know, if you listen to the broadcast, uh, Stan Van Gundy was pointing out, like, okay, he's wide open and taking these shots, but there's still 14, 15 on the shot clock in a lot of these instances. Whenever he's getting the shot and feels like he needs a shooter, put the ball on the floor, maybe make an extra pass, maybe look for something else. 
And I'm sure that's something that Billy Donovan's going to be talking to the team about. Um, you know, maybe that's an adjustment they have to make. Jerry, I thought maybe they had kind of discovered something because uh, there was a stretch where Dort was basically playing center. And I thought, okay, they're going to set him up as a screener. They're, they're going to take him off of the three-point line. But, no, he just kept winding up in the corner, just completely jamming up the paint. And, again, uh, the Rockets have to be ecstatic if there's a game where Lou Dort takes more shots than Gallinari and Jay Gilders Alexander combined. I mean, they've just got to be over the moon about that. Covering the Oklahoma City Thunder as long as we have, John, what do we know? If there's a bad shooter on the floor, the ball's going to find him. Like, we've seen it right. over and over again. And if a guy's having a bad night, and the Oklahoma City Thunder have had plenty of those dudes. You talk about Terrence Ferguson. Uh, you know, you talk about Russell Westbrook on certain nights. If, uh-huh. if there was going to be a bad shot to be taken, it was going to be taken by the guy on the floor that had no business taking the shot. And sure enough, that's what kept on happening. Uh, like you said, they moved him around. They did some pick and roll with him, which I look. I, I'm going to be that guy right now. I saw that floating around on Twitter, and I'm like, why the hell do they think that's going to matter? Because they're just going to float and move the ball. And Houston deliberately was making you know making him open. It was just going to find him at some point. Billy Donovan was going to have to take him off the floor, and then Schroeder and PJ Tucker just made it absolutely impossible for him to do it. It was just bad night meets worst night that turned in just horrible for Dort. It did. Um, and look, I mean, there's every chance that, I mean, again, OKC it was only down by three at halftime. They had made that run. It was largely Schroeder-led in the second quarter. Um, so, I mean, it, it wasn't just disastrous, but then you saw just everything just come together and just become this giant sinkhole for OKC. And, yes, the Schroeder ejection was a part of that. We can have that conversation as well. Um, but, you know, I, I just go back to the Thunder are not going to win a game against the Houston Rockets or the Houston Cougars or the Houston Comet, if they still exist, I don't recall, with Gallinari and SGA shooting like that tonight. All right, John, let's have that discussion. Um, a lot of Thunder okay. fans have been on the referees this series. I actually thought games one through four were about as decently officiated as any, like, series involving James Harden and all that hijinks is going to be. But tonight, there's no running away from it. it. Awful, awful double ejection here, no? So here's the thing. Um, I, I get that point of view, but also, Jerry and I, of course, have been doing uh, post-game shows and everything for years. How often have we heard about Steven Adams getting kicked in the groin, right? Yep. And ever since 2016... The referees are making a higher point of emphasis. They're going back and reviewing any time there's contact to the groin. That's what the, the Rockets were upset about early in this series when Chris Paul's arm wound up in someone's crotch. That it, It's a point of emphasis, and it's largely because of Draymond Green drop-kicking Stephen Adams in the groin so much in the 2016 Western Conference Finals. So um, so on one hand, if you, if you want to have the opinion that, that they went too far, I, I can see where you're coming from, but I'm just telling you it is born out of what happened in 2016 and when the when teams and players uh, came together and said, okay, we need to cut down on this, and, and this is what you're going to get as a result. So what you're telling me is Billy Donovan should have just gone to Stephen Adams and said, wear a cup, bro. You're going to kill us <laughs> four years from now in the playoffs. Right. No, I, I, look, I'm, I'm just it, – it is a point of emphasis. We have seen that time and time again. We see the refs do that. You know, uh, once upon a time, it was any contact above the head. That suddenly became a point of emphasis, and they went back and they started reviewing that, and Carmelo Anthony, as a Thunder player, famously got ejected for a game. 
it's going to be something that the refs are, are going to take more seriously. So, um, you know, now, I, to me, I don't know if it warranted an, you know, an ejection. Uh, I, I, could, I thought it was going to see a flagrant one, uh, you know, in, in that case. Uh, but still, even if that had happened, um, you know, Dennis Schroeder alone wasn't going to save the team tonight. Talking to John Hammond, the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Uh, John, real quick, just to wrap this sucker up for you tonight. Uh, it's one game. Both you and I know it's one game going into game six. Obviously, the Rockets have, um, have, have a lot of momentum uh, to, to go ahead and carve this one out. Is there any, any positive that you can take away from tonight's game that you think can uh, cross over into game six? that they probably are not going to play this poorly again. I, I think that's honestly the biggest positive. I mean, on the floor, you know, again, Schroeder, is a, he was up to the same antics that he was in the previous game when he dropped 30 on, on Houston. So, I mean, I think certainly that is beneficial. Um, and this team has bounced back before. Again, started off 5-15 and 15 in the season. Um, you know, they've made multiple comebacks in-game when they've been down 20-some-odd points. They've made a comeback in this very series. So, um, it's not over, but you know that window's getting tight. And if they play this poorly again, yeah, it, it'll be over Monday night. All right, John. Wakanda forever. All right, guys. Thanks, John Ham, joining us on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. And again, apologies to John Ham and his family for uh, having to call him and <laughs> and have to talk and about talk this. to him. All right. Uh, you know what? Don't you dare apologize to Brady Trantham because Brady Trantham is going to join us in the next segment and he is going to absolutely tell you why the Oklahoma City Thunder aren't out of this and for sure they're going to push it to game seven. Can't wait to see Brady tell us that. You're listening to the First Take Post Game Show on 1077, The Franchise. All right, when they traded for Russell Westbrook, the Houston Rockets instantly became a talk of the town and possibly a contender in the West. Meanwhile, Oklahoma City looked like it was going to go ahead and start rebuilding to try to be competitive for further years down the road. Here we are months and months later, uh, thanks to a pandemic, and uh, Game 5 was played between Houston and Oklahoma City. That's right, Oklahoma City made the playoffs and uh, had competitively tied up uh, the, uh, and went ahead and tied it up 2-2, and so it was very pivotal. We get to the pivotal game. And Houston absolutely blasts the Oklahoma City Thunder, 114-80. to The Thunder made it competitive in the second quarter under the uh, tutelage of one Mr. Dennis Schroeter, who has umlauts over his O's and hit P.J. Tucker in his umlauts, therefore causing a, an ejection when the Thunder were down 18 points, and it just got worse to break it all down for us and to explain to us how the Oklahoma City Thunder can recover and win game six. It's Brady Trantham. Brady, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, guys. How are y'all doing? I mean, we're doing a post-game show when the Oklahoma City Thunder were down by as many as 34 points. I, so, I really don't want to hear it. I, I Ryan's there. Madison's not there, I don't think. But Ryan, Madison, Morris, Matt Bird, and I, we did the post-game show when the Milwaukee Bucks handed them a 47-point uh, loss. I don't want to hear it. Oh, you don't want Okay, now listen real quick there, uh, the haircut. It was just a regular season game where this, my friend, is a game five, a pivotal game five. What, let's just start off hot. What the hell were the Oklahoma City Thunder doing letting Lou Dort shoot shot after shot after shot? At some point, 
Chris Paul has to step in, or Billy Donovan has to pull the plug. You can't let this young man shoot you out of a game five. Exactly. I mean, uh, you didn't really say anything wrong there, Jerry. It's pretty. It's it's pretty simple. And and I think I saw somebody that was uh, had a little bit of a better view of the game feed than I did. Saw that Chris Paul went up to Lou Dort during the game about second quarter or so and said, "Hey, if we're going to keep you open, if we're going to you open, keep shooting." And I get that when you're in the heat of battle and the competitive juices are flowing, the pride's kind of on the line. I get that. Yeah, if they're going to keep you open then keep shooting. It gets to a point, guys, where it gets into Andre Robertson territory. For Lou Dort, I don't know. The numbers would suggest that Lou Dort is already in Andre Robertson territory. It's just weird because I just don't think of him as a one-sided player in the vein of Andre Robertson. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he's a little little more fearless with the ball in his hands. He can do a little bit more with the ball in his hands. I think John Hamm said it best. Why not use him as a screener and try and try to – kind of tap into his athleticism running into the basket, rolling, getting into the paint with his dribble ability. I, I don't get it, but I don't know if this is going to be something that could potentially lose the Thunder a series. It'll lose them a game like it did today. It'll help out them losing a game like it did today. But the Thunder, Chris Paul, Billy Donovan, they will no doubt make adjustments for game six, and Lou Dort will not be shooting that many threes early on in the game and putting the Thunder in a hole. Yeah, I think one of the problems they had, though, Brady, is unfortunately – um, Lou Dort, finally, that first bucket he got, he got it going to the rim, and, and they kind of got him some confidence back, but then they came out and, and tried to do a little pick-and-roll action with him to start the second half, and he had two quick turnovers that got him yanked, but uh, Lou Dort's not the only one, Brady. The Thunder, 17 turnovers tonight. Do you think yeah. that it was just a matter of they kind of saw the game slipping away and started to press there because the third quarter was the big, big problem for them? Or, or is this something that you know they're going to have to really rack their heads and rack their brains in it to figure out by game six? I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with this because, I mean, even in game four, the Thunder found themselves down in a 15-point hole in a, the blink of an eye at the beginning of the third quarter. The Rockets were, what are they, 7-7 seven seven or 8-8 eight of eight from the floor or even from the three-point line to start the third quarter. And it just looked like a lot of what we saw tonight. But the Thunder just understood, hey, the Rockets can look like that for about a five-minute stretch, but they can't look like that forever, so let's just keep going. Just keep your heads down, do everything that we need to do, and they'll eventually miss. And as long as we keep chipping away at a 15 or even a 20-point lead, if we get it down to 14 to 12 to 11, then it's a different ball game. And the Thunder thrive once once it's a one- or two-possession game at the end of the game. So... I don't know if it's so much that. I did see a Chris Paul quote voting around that just came out on social media. I think Royce Young put it out. And, look, if any other player on any other team says something like this after a, a, a loss like today, I might gloss over it just a little bit just because, hey, guys, you got your asses handed to you. But Chris Paul said apparently after the game that, hey, look, after everything that's been going on over the last few days, like playing basketball is our outlet to kind of forget a few things, but as soon as we get off the floor, it's back to work. I believe Chris Paul, when he says it's because Chris Paul, being the president of the Players Association, he has a lot more, he has a lot more of a deeper hand in all this, the social, the social justice, the everything that, that went on from Wednesday when, when the NBA boycotted their games, and Thursday, of course. Chris Paul has a lot more on his mind in Orlando than just trying to win a series for the Thunder. Now, I'm not pinning that all on this loss because he played poorly. The Thunder overall, overall played poorly. But I, I feel like that should be addressed and mentioned when you're talking about Chris Paul. 
So we had Cliff Brunt from the AP on the program, and he kind of said this week that he expected that to not be a problem because that's just what Chris Paul's been his whole career. So were you disappointed at all? Like I, I find it hard to put the word disappointed on the performance because of the the levity and the weight of what they've been dealing with the last three days. But were you, I guess, surprised to see Chris Paul of all people not deal with it better? Because I think Cliff Brunt said it best of he's just been that dude his whole career. Yeah, that, that is a good point. I, I just don't, since everything, this Orlando is unprecedented, playing in a bubble is unprecedented, boycotting all these things, it, everything's unprecedented. So it's just really hard to kind of go back in time and say, this is how Chris Paul typically reacts, this is how Chris Paul typically acts. So you should expect a certain performance on the floor. Now, again, the Thunder played poorly as a team. It was not just Chris Paul, but Chris Paul is their leader. But the other thing, guys, like their turnovers tonight, that's been a problem this team has had ever since the bubble began. I mean, this team took very good care of the ball during the regular season. It's one of the reasons why they were one of the more surprised teams in the league. And then all of a sudden they just become a Russell Westbrook-led offense and are just having, what, five or six turnovers to start off the game in the first quarter, and then it just kind of bleeds into the rest of the game. If you start off with six turnovers in the first quarter, you're going to end up with bad double digits, and it's going to, it's going to show itself on the score in the Thunder in game three and game four, they were able to rebound and kind of settle down. I, I just I can't pinpoint it. I don't want to blame it all on Chris Paul. I don't want to blame it all on Shea Gilles Alexander, although outside of one game and one big shot in game three, he's been a complete and utter no-show in this series. Dennis Schroeder took about two games to get his legs under him, and then, I mean, I'm sure you guys have already dissected that silliness, but he had no business getting ejected. But this team has just not played well overall, and – I think it kind of goes back to what we know about the Rockets. The Rockets can look like this. They can look like this for a half. They can look like this for a game. Now, the good thing for the Thunder is they more than likely won't play like that again because they haven't played like that back-to-back in a series in this series thus far, so they just need to keep doing what they need to do and hope that it's a close game at the end of the fourth quarter. If that's the case, they'll like their chances. Brady Trantham on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. It is the uh, first take Thunder Post game show. Uh, Brady Danilo Gallinari, one point. SGA, four points. That's five points. I'll do the math for you. Uh, does Billy Donovan, <laughs> in a closeout game, have to do anything else or, comma, is this a semicolon? I don't know. Here's what I'm going to do. Brady for the next couple of days. I'm blaming the offensive performances of Danilo Gallinari and SGA on Lou Dort. Those guys could not get in rhythm because one, they were playing a shift where Lou Dort was open all the time that didn't give Danilo uh, the room that he needed to get going and never got going. And Shea, the same thing, needed the court to be a little more opened up. Now, am I right? I'm blaming their performances on Dort and because they had such bad performances, does Billy get a little deeper into uh, his bench? That's a lot to. It's a lot for you to decipher. Yeah. And remember, I need to go get fa. No, <laughs> uh, we'll do it on Thursday. Let's just do it. Let's just do it that way. No, I mean I think you're on to something, Jerry. I mean we we even talked about you and I just off the air more so than probably on the air about Danilo Gallinari, particularly in those scrimmage games where he looked like he just was the one guy that was off track, off rhythm. And we, like John Hamm told us, hey, don't worry about it. He's a vet. These games are meaningless. And it's like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll take John Hamm's word for it. Then in the seeding games, he started to look like himself a little bit more. Then as we got deeper into the seeding games, he played less because he's a vet. Those games ended up not mattering as much. And then we get to the postseason, and 
obviously the Rockets are going to do their best to take away SGA because he is the Thunder's leading scorer. Obviously they're going to do their best to take away Danilo Gallinari because at times in the half court, he's their best offensive player. So credit to the Rockets' defense for taking them away or making them uncomfortable. But, yes, Lou Dort having five or six three-point opportunities in a quarter, that, that's five or six missed possessions that SGA doesn't touch the ball with, with the assertiveness to go attack the rim. That's five or six possessions that Danilo Gallinari doesn't have the ball in his sweet spot in order to score or even get hot and get in rhythm for the rest of the game because if, if Danilo's not touching the ball early on, even though, yes, he's a great vet, he's a great offensive player, it's hard to ask a guy that, hey, you've shot the ball three times, you have one point, we need you to score 20 points right now in this third quarter or in the second half. That's a tough ask. So I have no doubt that Billy, Chris Paul, the Thunder are going to try and devise something in order to, hey, if Lou Dort's going to take shots, they need to be as high percentage as possible. Otherwise, it needs to be Chris. It needs to be Danilo. It needs to be Shea. It needs to be Dennis when he is on the floor. They need to be the ones trying to be assertive and scoring the basketball. If that's the case, the Thunder will have a good chance. We're joined by Brady Trantham here on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Brady, Russell Westbrook was 3 of 13. I'll make this really simple for you. Should Thunder fans be encouraged that maybe Westbrook won't be up to 100% in two days? Or should they be disheartened that tonight was the night Russ went 3 for 13 and it was totally wasted and they weren't able to take advantage? I think that's exactly right, Ryan. I mean, we, we talked about this. The entire time, we didn't know Russell Westbrook uh, would even be in the series or not. And then we would talk about, well, if he does make his appearance in the series, is that actually a good thing or a bad thing for the for the Rockets? Because at the time, they're tied 2-2. They've choked away a game three, choked away, in their opinion, a game four. Russell Westbrook comes back into the series with the mentality of, I'm going to save my team. Thunder fans know very well, hey, I love Russell Westbrook. But that is not the mentality you want Russell Westbrook to have where he jacks up all these shots and shoots you out of the game. And now the Thunder score 80 points as a team. They get blown out of the gym midway through the third quarter into the game on, and Russell was a non-factor in this game. And this was apparently supposed to be the game where he gets his legs back under him or he's under a minutes restriction. He may be off rhythm just because of the minutes restriction or whatnot. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. If you just plug in average good Russell Westbrook game, and James Harden, who may or may not have figured out Lou Dort's defense, or maybe he just kind of thrived off the fact that Lou Dort had a bad offensive game that may have bled into his defensive side of the ball. Maybe that happens. If that's the case, yeah, it's going to be an ugly game six. I picked the Rockets in six, so that's where I'm coming okay, from. But, I mean, okay, no, no, no. okay, okay. Just, I'm just saying, like, all it really needs to come down to is the Thunder. The Thunder just need to keep doing what they have been doing. They just cannot let one of two things happen. James Harden go off like he did today or one of those random Austin Rivers-Jeff Green games. If they can do that, it will be a game in the second half, and that's where they sit pretty. So, like, having said all these bad things about the Thunder and these disappointing things, I think a little bit more time from the boycott on Wednesday as we get further removed from that, I think that's going to help Chris Paul's brain. I think that's going to help everybody around with the Thunder. So I'm expecting a much, much better performance in game six, even with a a better Russell Westbrook game, if we're just going to assume so. All right, Brady. One last question from us here before we let you go. Is it Dennis Schroeder is in brand gratin or just Dennis Schroeder in brand gratin? Uh, The second one. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for clearing (laughs) that up. And I don't think I got the pronunciation right. right, Here we go. Let's do it. Okay, there we go. This, that, 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 I'm going to go watch Metallica in Tulsa, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right, see you later. Brady Trantham joining us on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline.
It's been that kind of game when even the guests are calling it. Like, we're done. We're out of here. Look at that. Well, I guess he got ejected. Did somebody headbutt him to get him to Metallica? Is that what happened? We keep talking about dissecting the Schroeder thing. That's what got Schroeder in trouble is he went dissecting. He did. Absolutely. Do you got your stat cat, by the way? That real quick. I got 14 minutes to make it to fabulous. Perfect. You, you just head now. You just head out. We'll just finish it out. My stat. So obviously the the offshoot of the Dennis Schroeder situation was a bunch of technical foul shots. Tyson Chandler was selected to shoot those shots. He missed all of them. It was the first time that Tyson Chandler made an appearance since February 9th. However, for the Rockets, when he played one second against the Utah Jazz. This guy's racking it up. And because of Mike D'Antoni's uh, timeout, he technically logged zero, zero seconds. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, good call. Great. St- Maybe one of our best shows of all time. And you want to send it out with uh, around association here? Oh, I didn't. I I didn't realize. Yeah. Now, a franchise NBA playoff scoreboard update presented by Bank Seven. Shout out Bank Seven. <laughs> Two games tonight that have played. Bucks close out the Magic 118-104. Rockets, of course, win 114-80. Lakers Trailblazers are in game five right now. Lakers up 3-1 in that series, but they are down a point in the first quarter. That's all the damage we can do, Jerry. Portland still has a shot to win the series, so just letting you know. They're still playing. There's time on the clock. We might have one interesting series in the league. 114-180, they go down to the Houston Rockets, the Oklahoma City Thunder 2. Whenever when it, we roll back in on Monday, it'll be a closeout game for the Rockets. We'll give you complete coverage from the root to the toot. That's what we do. I'm ready to eat some pho. Ryan, thank you so much. Long day for you. Great stuff, though. Thank you. I'm TV's Jerry. I'm going to go also run back over to uh, KRXO 104.5 and finish off my night doing some classic rock. So for Ryan, for Brady, for John, for Madison, by the way, thoughts and praise to her. She's had a long... uh, She'll tell you about that on her Twitter. I am Jerry Ramsey. Thanks for listening to the First Take Post Game Show.